Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey, Nathan, welcome back. Yes, yes, I'm back after Mercedes. A lot of Mercedes recently. Yeah, I missed you, dude. I missed me too. <laughs> In this podcast, we are going to be talking about a story that Jalopnik did. Uh, I'll give you the headline of that story, okay? Yeah. Uh, it's Popular Cars Consumer Reports Recommends You Skip In Favor of Something Better. Right, right. And I saw this list, Roman. Yep. And I disagree with almost everything they chose. However, I do get the gist of it. So what I want to do is when we go through this list, I'm going to add in, at least in my case, my two cents in terms of either an addition to this or a complete replacement for it that they chose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, so basically, obviously, Consumer Reports uh, looks at reliability and looks at... Among other things. And looks at uh, kind of left brain versus right brain, you know, head versus heart, mm. right? They're not smitten, well, at least I don't think they are, smitten by horsepower and... You know, well, sexy styling. Styling, they don't mention so much. They do talk about power and efficiency and stuff like that. But what's interesting is that although they do um, favor reliability, or that tends to be their trait, a lot of the vehicles they chose are not considered that reliable by some people. Ooh, so, ooh. yeah. All right. All right. Uh, and, but before we get to that, uh, last week, obviously, uh, Tommy uh, was here because you were uh, in California driving a new Mercedes. You want to tell me about that? Yeah. I uh, actually drove one of the more – in my mind, it's interesting, and I don't think any of you guys are going to care about it. And that's because it was the Mercedes AMG EQE electric S- SUV. Mm-hmm. I think it's like the, set up the right way. Yeah. Um, so essentially, it's a competitor. It, it bridges the gap between the X and the Y, uh, like in terms of Tesla. Um, ridiculously powerful. Actually, quite a bit of fun. X and the Y performance. Uh, yeah, the performance, but not the not the, right, right. You know, crazy you know ones. And, but it it does some things way better than Tesla. And at the same time, there's a few things so, that so, Tesla does so better. So how far do you have to drive? Mercedes has these programs where they make you drive the whole day. Oh, God. Well, I got paired up with Moto Man. Oh, <laughs> Moto Man. So, and he is known for like putting his foot down and going, no, we're not doing that. We're doing this. And it was actually very fortunate for me because he was able to help me film. It's uh, I'm not as good or, or as proficient as the other guys doing solo filming. So having somebody else that I know there helping me out really helps. And we were able to do some great, great driving in near San Diego and in the mountains and in that area. And instead of going on these ridiculous, you know, 100-mile loops that they put us on, we did smaller loops, but we were able to really condense the driving, and I was able to really get a feel for it. And I'll tell you something. That is an incredibly maneuverable vehicle. It actually has the rear wheels that turn, but not 10 degrees, 9 degrees. Oh. Uh, Maybe it's wheel size. Yeah. But the suspension in that thing is really well sorted. It does a bunch of great stuff. So so here's my question. I'm going to cut to the chase. Uh, First of all, uh, Motoman TV, if you want to check out. He's a friend of the show. We've had him on the podcast, so it's uh, great that he worked with us. Yeah. Motoman TV is a YouTube channel. So here's a question. So I went on the... uh, 
uh, unveiling of this vehicle, right? Mm -hmm. So there's the uh, uh, EQS. It's so confusing. Uh, no, EQE, right? Yeah. That's so basically EQ means it's electric, E means it's an E class, mm -hmm. and SUV means it's an SUV. Yes. So it's EQ electric, E class, which is you know like the midsize, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, SUV is what it is. Now, when you stick the AMG in front of it, it makes it the high performance model. And when yes. I was on the unveiling of this, uh, we had the AMG engineers talk to us, and the question that I asked and never got a good answer to is, in an electric car, how do you distinguish the AMG from the regular one. And this this isn't just the EQE, it could be the EQS, it could mm -hmm. be any of them, right? Right. Because the challenge is if you have a regular AMG, you give it bigger exhaust pipes, you give it more well, cylinders. Yeah, the you larger, beefier more, engine. More turbos. That Hans signed, by the way. Uh, right. Right. More turbos, fatter fender flares. Sure, sure. With an electric car, none of that really works yeah. because Fender, fender flares make it less aero. You yeah. can't add pistons. You certainly can't add turbos. You certainly can't add exhaust pipes. So how do you make it an AMG? Okay, so there are a couple things. For yeah. one thing is the suspension, tire, wheel package, braking package, all of those things are up a level. So bigger First tires, thing. bigger brakes. Bigger brakes, better suspension. So the suspension system of this thing is remarkably good. And then on top of that, you add power. So it's faster. That's and software? Um, it is Probably. hardware and software, but also there's more to it than that, actually, because there's different types of cooling that's needed for various types of demands on batteries and motors and whatnot, and all of those things have been upgraded, or many of those things have been upgraded. So we're not talking about a vehicle that they simply flipped the switch and said, okay, we're going to uh, add some extra power by flipping a switch. In some cases... now, What you mean by that is you can use the battery in different ways mm -hmm. so you can have it increase power based on the software versus based on number of cylinders to to a certain degree but, and then but there are actually more capable motors out there as well yeah so like mercedes bought this british company right oh yeah oh i love this thing. what's the name of the company? it's yasa yasa yeah and these are oh, man. these are uh, motors that are used in racing Yes, well, currently, Ferrari and Lamborghini are using them in their hybrids, and it's these motors are the size of medium pizza boxes. Think about them, that's, that's the size of the motor, yet a motor that size can easily put out 250 horsepower. And normally, your motor is about the size of a pony keg. Okay, for those of you who are too young to know nothing about that, <laughs> uh, I just realized that the audience might be. Uh, it's uh, it's about the size of a. Should I say get a blaster? <laughs> no, the, that's going to work either. Further back, um, it's it's about uh, two and a half feet. Uh, wide by about um, 13 inches in, in its diameter. And we're is, talking is about electric motors. Regular electric motor. Motors, yeah. This one is essentially a quarter the size, yet it has the same output, and. There's so much benefit to that. Everything from cooling, horsepower, packaging, of course. Lighter. Much lighter. And all of those things actually play into Mercedes future tech. So you're going to see these motors on Mercedes. And the reason why is because they acquired this company, which was is based in Oxford, England. And I actually met the inventor, who was a really cool guy, and got to talk to him quite why, a bit. Why Yasa? Did you ever uh, it actually, it's, it's an, ac an acronym for uh, the, 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 the type of power uh, that this thing uh, was created to produce. Um, essentially, it is an uh, axial flux uh, motor. So you can look that up. Axial flux electric motors have been around for 100 years and plus. 
And uh, this one is just a really intelligent use of it. And the thing is, is that he's managed to kind of go up a couple levels and make this thing really good with heat and conduct energy much, much so, more efficiently. So what you're saying is when you get the AMG, you get a better motor. No, this motor's not on there. <laughs> oh, no. Okay. <laughs> That's not. Uh, this motor's not available yet. It, Never mind. But it, but it will be. It will be. In fact, I did a video, which is on TFLEV, where I'm standing next to a concept vehicle. Um, and that concept vehicle, the big part about it isn't so much how it looks. I know some of you guys really didn't like the way it looks. It's the motors that are in it because that's the future of this brand. They bought into this and spent billions because they know that this motor, you know, which they're really, really testing right now, super rugged testing, is going to be the future of Mercedes with EVs because they're going to push hard. And you're going to see this motor working with a lot of hybrids as well because it is an ideal setup for a hybrid powertrain. So think about that. Uh, yeah, uh, the Ferrari LaFerrari, I think, uses it, and the new um, Lamborghini. And Mercedes is going to continue uh, letting other brands use these motors? To a certain degree. Okay. Um, but they're being very cautious about that because they're, they're, right now they're, you know, they bought this up for a reason. There were other competitors out there snooping and trying to get their hands on it, including, I'm pretty sure, companies from China and Japan. Oh, yeah, like Hyundai. Are, and, and yeah, looking at it because this is, this is a huge I jump I think it's forward. a game changer. It could be potentially a massive game changer for the electric All right, all right so here's my second question. Yes. Uh, and I love Mercedes. And you know when I start the conversation like that, it's going to be... You're going to be... Totally ang angry about it. No, I'm not. Go grumpy. Gr you got not, the grumpy I'm, stance. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to be grumpy. But you know, when somebody says to you, "I love the way you," and then you know, you know, something but. bad is but. Yeah. So yeah. there is a but here. Okay. All right. The but is this, Nathan. Mm. Uh, this week in the news was uh, Volkswagen CEO, and he finally admitted. Finally. Admitted. You know what he admitted, right? Mm -hmm. He admitted that those haptic touch controls that they put in the Golf, they put in. It's nicht good. Yeah, and the IDs are just not working, yep. uh, are not uh, something the customers want. Well, that's the problem. The customers dislike them. Yes. And uh, we. Early, early on, when we started playing with that, at first it kind of looked kind of cool. Yeah. It's like, oh, this is the future. You, you know who? You know, Tommy reminded me of this. You know who came up with that first Cadillac in Q? Oh, oh. and how much of a failure was that? And then Volkswagen repeated it, and yeah. Honda repeated it. And then, but Honda stepped back a little bit and said, oh, well, maybe we should go back to buttons because so, people so, are screaming about it. So, Mercedes, I love you, but here's my question: When will the CEO of Mercedes come out and say what we're all thinking, which is that the Mercedes electric cars, the EQ cars, right? Look like a bar of soap. I'm sorry, I said it, no, but no, no, it's, tr no, no. it's I'm true. Not, I'm not disagreeing with you in terms of the way the vehicles look and you know how that actually plays into performance and everything else. Yes, I agree that even though it's for better aerodynamics, there are so many more attractive designs out there for electric vehicles, and I don't understand why Mercedes is going. No, no, no. We want to be. A bar of soap. Bar I mean, soap. there's no other way to say it. It's a bar of soap. But, but it's, you, it's a, it's a well-used bar of soap. And there's another complaint I can throw on top of that. And I know that is ferrodynamics. No, no, I, yeah. Coefficiency but, of drag. I understand. It's but still, there's better ways to do it, yeah, as far as I'm concerned. Like, other people have done it better. Like, okay, so you looked at that incredible concept car they came out with. Yeah. Um, sexy as heck. Oh, as heck. And they also have the, I forget what it was called, the EQXX. Tommy did it, right? Mm -hmm. it's, it's their 800-mile electric car. Right, right. Which has this beautiful Coke body design. I saw it at, uh, uh, I think it was at... Um, I still don't like the front end of that thing, though. It was at CES. Yeah. Right? But I'm saying that that is that, that one has an incredible coefficient of drag, and it doesn't look like a well-used bar of soap. Mm -hmm. and, I, and, I, and I bring this full circle to AMG, because how do you make a bar of soap... 
something that looks sexy and people For, lust after. Yeah, because it's an AMG. Yeah. And, yeah. Well, th this is what they did. They put badges on it. Okay. AMG <laughs> AMG. Badge. Yeah. Which, by the way, I think have pistons in them, <laughs> if <laughs> I remember right. AMG, that's sort of. Um, so, yeah, AMG badges are on it. But I want to uh, – you you brought up something. You didn't finish the topic, though, okay. about buttons and, and, and whatnot and how – And the hyperscreen. Well, no. Once again, it's the same problem. It's not that. It's something even simpler. And I brought it up in my video, which is coming out soon about the vehicle. All TFL.com. And that is seat control. Mercedes oh God, invented oh, the best oh, know, seat control in the world know, the by putting them on the doors, right? They put the seats on the doors. And, right. and it was go, just great. You want to go forward, you push the little seat forward. And there's forward. an actuator in it, and it moves uh, forward. It's great it's because incredible. you're getting a feel for it. But what they did for some reason in the electric vehicles, only in their electric vehicles, they have the same thing on the wall. Uh, so on the door, and you push it, but nothing happens. It doesn't move. No. You don't have the response. So as you're driving, you don't know for sure if you actually, you know, wanted to tilt that seat up a little bit. Did you really touch it or not? And it, you know what? There's I no reward do. to your touch. I, I, you know what I almost do with those controls? Hmm. I almost break them off. I know. I like push them so hard. Yeah, because you think they're going to actually move, and then the seat's going to move, and nothing happens. So you're like, maybe it's stuck. Uh -huh. I need to push harder, and so you push harder, and then the seat maybe starts to move. <laughs> you snap them off in your hands. Yeah, that's seven hundred dollars. That one component, I, you know, it's Ugh. not just Mercedes. It's like I, I, I think the Germans all drank the same haptic Kool Aid, right? Mm -hmm. Would be at Volkswagen. Uh, uh, Audi's a little bit better, uh, but they also have haptic controls, right? And and here's the weird thing, and uh, there's there's a real problem I have, and I finally figured it out why mm -hmm. I hate haptic controls because they're unnatural. Imagine yep. imagine like you put your finger on this wooden piece of wood, right? And there's like a little tap that comes back. Yeah. And it's like there's a little gnome tap. It's it, 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 the wood should not tap. A, a, a screen should not tap. I agree. Now it I, just I, feels weird. And in some cases, they're not even haptic. They're just touch controls where you're not getting a reward of anything. And my problem is is that as you're driving, or even if you're at a stop. Often you have to take your eyes off the road completely in order to touch something on a screen to get there or to touch something on a panel to do something that otherwise a switch would or a dial would tell you immediately and you really wouldn't have to look away from this, the road very long. So to, to make a safer car, they need to go back, as far as I'm concerned, to slightly older tech. That's my own point. I think you agree with me on that as well. Yeah, I completely agree with you. There, there are three things that uh, oh, I was going to be grumpy that that uh, Mercedes I think needs to rethink and rethink quickly. Uh, number uh, three, like we discussed, is styling. Yeah, I don't I think it, I don't think it works because they. I mean, this is Mercedes. They've done some beautiful uh, cars. Yeah, I know. And, and I, look, the, the quality is there. Oh yeah. Uh, the, Way better than the, the sense of exactly of being built out of one solid piece of mm -hmm. metal is there. Uh, the performance is certainly there. The, most, the, the, the quietness is there. That's right. all there. But but my God, the the styling is just very bland. Number two, please lose the hyperscreen. They're uh, not going to lose the hyper. They're they're married to it. Oh, the but, hyperscreen. No, don't. They've get rid updated. Of the, you don't recently. have to have the hyperscreen, right? You, you can have it without the hyperscreen. But but that please don't don't go down that road. You know my issue with the hyperscreen is that it's so reflective that it actually kind of. Screw, so, like it looks a little weird to so, me when so I'm driving. So for those of you who aren't aware, the hyperscreen is an option, unlike the EQS, where it's a giant screen, big piece of black, and it's actually, I think, three screens. It's, it's three screens behind a panel. And if I remember right, it's 52 yeah. inches. Yeah, that's about or right. 54. Yeah. Yeah. It pretty much covers the majority of the dash. And then there's three screens underneath it, and you can shift functionality. So you like you can take the navigation from the center screen of the hyperscreen and move it to the passenger. Right. Yada, yada. But, but it's just it's just too much. 
too, too it's hyper and, 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 and not in a good way like it's it's like hyper like a like a kid who has just had a, a, a shake and now is is you know a young kid a young kid who has had a shake and now is just completely like off the walls because of the amount of sugar. That's I, that's I the hyperscreen to I me. I love how long it took you to get to that analogy. Too. I know it was a you. bad analogy. <laughs> yeah, I, know. Right. I, have, I was committed, Nathan, so I had a, <laughs> no, you I, I, I couldn't back out of it. <laughs> yeah, I, was, I think but, it was but, far out job. There. It, it was yeah, it was not going the way I want. <laughs> but it does it doesn't work. Okay, so that's I number, agree. That's number yeah. two, uh, and number three. This is also irritating. Why did you stop owners from being able to open the front of the truck? <laughs> I mean, for a hundred, you invented the car, right? Mercedes, you invented the car. Basically, yeah. And and now it's just like, now, no, 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 Now no. You, 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 you don't call them customers anymore, right? It's, somehow the, you can't open the hood because uh, the, the, well, the, the, the car does not belong to you. I'm renting it. I, I don't understand the theory of why I can't okay. look under the I hood. I think this is a current, and this is, you know, first world BMW's problems. BMW's doing that too, by yeah, the way. Yeah, but I think that... With the advent of their next motor, which will be a packaging marvel by comparison, they will suddenly have room for a frunk. And I know that some car companies are like, eh, I really don't want to put that in there. And other car companies are like, yeah, people like them. I think they should do it because it gives you more utility, period. And by putting in these electric motors and moving everything, all the cooling, all the, all the apparatus that's needed to fire up from the battery away from the front section of the vehicle, which electric cars in many cases do, then you have that area, and that should then suddenly be no longer verboten to open the hood. You should be able to... I'll give you a better analogy. Okay. All right. Imagine this. this. Imagine this, Nathan. <laughs> you, have, you have lived in the house much of your life. Okay. And you buy a house. Yes. And you walk in, mm-hmm. uh, and it's a five-bedroom house. Okay. Except there's one room you can't unlock. Okay. It For whatever like, reason. It sounds like my teenage kids. <laughs> why? <laughs> why can't you? It does, you see, I understand. There could be a lot of reasons why you can't go but in that room. Why aren't you allowed to go, to go in, in that room? After your whole life of being able to go anywhere you wanted to in that house, all of a sudden, you're like, you're like, I can't go in the room. And worst of all, uh, there's a little spigot in that door where you have to pour water in. Right? Which um, the analogy is, of course, that... Once upon a time, you would pour windshield wiper fluid, blinker fluid for some of you out there, yes. uh, you know, into the reservoir that was under the hood. It's no longer there. It's it's a little like uh, flap that comes out because otherwise from the side, yeah. which is really cool. It's very James Bond. So, yeah. So so, the, <laughs> so there are you know there are ways that we rethink what's kind of become a standard that are good, mm-hmm. and then there are ways that we rethink it that are not good. I have a really good reason for not letting people under the hood. There are very few. By the way, we, we know we we crack. We know there's little yes, screws. Yes, I know. There's a special spot where you can go you, and actually so pop the, them. they have the little hook that you pull under the driver's uh, knee or above the knee where you can open up the hood. But it's basically two screws, so you unscrew those and then you can pull the little lever and then you open it up and there's a giant HEPA filter that sits on top of the EQS. Mm-hmm. I haven't looked at under the other ones. And ours, interestingly, was covered with leaves. So <laughs> it immediately brought up the question of how do you get at the leaves? Well, yeah, they're, they're, but that's what the mechanic is for. And one of the things they don't want you to do is reach down and grab some of those orange wires and have your head explode because it got electrocuted by so many volts. They're, they're, they just don't want people doing that. There's nobody who can really wrench on these cars you know, at home, so they, they're like... Yeah, you ain't well, going to be changing why? your own oil. Yeah, you're not changing your own oil. Why do you need to open the hood? And that, they're using pure logic. Why do you need to open a hood on a vehicle you're never going to go into and tune or touch anything 
here's a little spigot on the side so you can, you know, pop, it pops open. There you put your windshield wiper fluid. You're good to go. Adios. That's it. And that's their mentality. But on the other side of it is if you own a vehicle and spent your hard-earned cash on it, you should be able to open up every damn component on there if you want to, even if you get electrocuted and die a horrible death. Okay, should we should move on to probably our list, I'm thinking. Yeah, right let's, about go, now. let's go for um, it. But before we do, I wanted to thank our Patreons. Yep. Who, guys, thank you so much. Your support, even recently with a live broadcast we've done, you guys have been so supportive of us. And because of that, we're able to keep the lights on. We're able to keep the staff. We're able to keep going and keep doing one thing. Can I do a quick rant before we continue? Yeah, for sure. All right, real quick. Uh, recently, there was a journalist who, on uh, another automotive journalist Uh-oh. who's... <laughs> no, 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 it's, it's not what you Danger think. Danger will wrap it. No, no, he, he pointed out that many, uh, many people out there, not us, uh, go to events just to go to events and then they lavish praise on a car that they, whatever event they went to because they're being wined and dined and treated like royalty. And in some cases, some of these events, you are really treated Look, like royalty. Look, we're human. You, you give us a nice meal. And we're going to be a happier person. Yeah. You know, for me, it, it's like an In-N-Out burger. It doesn't take much. <laughs> yeah, I mean, same with me. But uh, well, that's anything. Give me a corn dog and I'm happy. But, but there's a deal with this. And, and he, was, he was pointing the spotlight at a lot of people out there, which already is kind of an issue for me. But on top of that, he was sort of suggesting that many of us just don't give you an honest perspective on vehicles. And one thing that TFL has, from the very beginning, for over 13 years... We put out there that we are going to be honest. Yes, I have bias. I love power wagons. You guys know that. So that means I'm sort of biased towards a particular truck. Yes, I like Mazdas sometimes because I've owned a bunch of them and they're great cars. But we're honest about that. And then in addition, if we feel that there's something negative about the vehicle, we're going to bring it up. And we're not going to, you know, coat it with anything, candy or any of the other stuff or a shake that your one analogy was (laughs) doing. Bottom line here. If... You, the viewer, do not appreciate and or if you can't identify with the people who are, you know, appraising this vehicle and you're thinking, well, they're being a little too sweet on this, there are other options out there. You can easily click. It takes one finger. You click and you go onto another video or you go onto another story or you look at another write-up and you will see different opinions about that same vehicle. And then you could establish, you, the intelligent consumer, can say, oh, okay, that guy and that guy, they were really into this vehicle, but this guy wasn't so much into it. I want to see why. And then you can balance out that review yourself, right? I just dislike the fact that people have to point the finger at other people and say, oh, no, they were bought and paid for. Back in the day, they were bought and paid for. Suitcases of cash. I hear, I'm kidding. No, but. Yeah, I think there were. There, were, there, there, was, there was rumors true. about that. There was, I oops. Think there, oops. We left a suitcase of, you no, know. No, 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 one's, no one's giving us suitcases of money. <laughs> I know, even though we've been blamed, you know, how much did Toyota pay you to say but, something but, nice but about look, that car? Look, you know, there's all this like Supreme Court stuff, right, where like these guys are getting flown to go like Alaska or some stuff like that, right, on a yeah. private jet. No one's flying us anywhere on private jets. Uh, you know, no one's giving us free vacations. Uh, you know, w- they are treating us nicely. And we and, mention that every single time. Yeah, hey, and, they brought us out here. This is what they and, did. And we are human, right? Uh, I just was listening to a podcast, Seen Through Glass, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, yeah. And they did a Maserati review, and they were on a program. And, and yeah, sure, they're human, so are we. If, if, if people treat us nicely, we want to say nice things about them. But does that mean we can be bought? No. no, because when it comes down to the car, 
the car is the product yeah, is what course. we're about. So yeah, we might be in a better mood. We might, hey, we're in this beautiful background. But if the car itself has a problem, we're going to bring it up. If it's great, we're going to bring it up. We're honest about that stuff, and we all have a different way of interpreting it. Tommy and I have different ways of looking at the same thing. Same thing with Roman and yeah. I. Yeah, so we just did, I'll give you an example of that. I, I've been doing these grumpy reviews because I'm channeling my uh, old inner grumpy guy, and hopefully you guys like him. If you don't, uh, I'll read the comments, I know. But I did a very grumpy review on the BMW 760, <laughs> right? I just did not uh, um, did not jive with that car. Yeah. But to balance it out, I let Nathan do a second review, or we did a second review, uh, so that you have two perspectives. You can either believe me or you can believe Nathan. And we always want to be fair, not just to you, but to the manufacturers. Because, right. Because at the end of the day, we're also very cognizant that a lot of people, and a lot of very smart people, have spent a lot of their lives putting this car together and mm -hmm. doing the very best job. And so it's easy to sit here and say it's a bar of soap, but at the same time, when I say that, I'm very cognizant that a lot of great designers have spent a lot of time making sure that that's the best looking Mercedes uh, possible. And, yeah. and so it's, you know, we're just human. And the other side of that is with that particular BMW, I can only find one real pop, positive thing to say about it, and it all had to do with the back seat. I, I, I called it a baller car. Uh, but, yeah. but, the, but the point is, is that, you know, it's you guys, your perspective, I say don't let anybody throw someone at you saying this person is really good or really bad. You make the decision. I, Nathan, I also think that's a huge red herring, right? That's that's like old thinking where, uh, you know, journalists are being somehow non-objective because they uh, are being fed or staying at nice places. What mm -hmm. The real problem, in my in my opinion, is not journalists, it's influencers, right? And, oh, and, and the yeah. different, a lot of you, especially on TikTok, you know, or on YouTube with the new shorts, a lot of influencers are seriously getting paid, mm -hmm. bought and paid for to say, you know, things. There's no standard there. Or if they do have a standard, they quickly find out, let's say you're a young YouTuber, you quickly find out that you make a lot more money, get a lot more views with hate than with love. Yeah. And so, if they're not being paid to say nice things, uh, then they oftentimes take this approach where it's preaching to the choir. They, yep. under, they understand people hate electric cars. So they are going to go out there and absolutely torch those electric cars. Because, Pardon because, the pun. Because they know that, that that headline, here's you know why this car sucks or yeah. will get views. Uh, and at least as old school journalists, you know, we try to be objective. We try to present both sides of the story. But there's a lot more money to be made by being either an influencer and getting paid to say good things mm -hmm. or by being a hater and getting paid to say bad things. Exactly, which is also an influencer as far as, you know, they're, they're in the same market. They're just doing two different things. Yeah, so preach so, to the choir right. or get paid. The, the bottom line is this, that uh, we work with, uh, the, it's a small community, really, with reviewing cars, I getting think, to the level I bet you at. there's probably less than a 1,000 yeah, of us. Probably, and probably we, more like a many of us know each other or are aware of each other. And in terms of real journalists, real people who actually go out there and have some journalistic integrity, um, I, I stand behind a majority of them. However, with influencers and whatnot, that's a whole different thing. Anybody with an iPhone can go look at a car and go, oh, things sucks. We do try to do journalism. So by somebody calling out and going, well, they get fed and they get taken to exotic places, and that's why you get a good review. You know what? It's not always true. So keep that in mind. That's kind of what I want to encapsulate that entire rant with. Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. 
Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. And now we should move on to... Well, last thing, and then we'll move okay, on. Okay, please. I just watched The Grand Tour. Did you watch the new one? Yes, I did. And boy, was I like on the fence about that one. That was, the, in my mind, the most... Cont- well, it wasn't a controversy. It was uh, just a difficult one for me to watch. All right, I, I want to know why. But um, that's something else that I wanted to bring up at some point. Uh, they started out as a journalist, yeah. or, you know, but they transitioned to entertainment. Absolutely. So just keep that in mind. Yeah. It, Actually, it's, that's it's, the secret sauce that made them so good, yeah. that makes them good, right. is the fact that all three of them have real journalistic pasts. All three of them have gone to different places with journalism, talk shows, radio shows, what have you. And all of them are writers. All of them have written for magazines. And then they became entertainers. And I think that a lot of you guys are like, oh, the, the new Top Gear, which is now canceled temporarily, uh, it sucks because blah, blah, blah. Well, guess what? They're not the same type of people as the people that were initially there. So that's why Clarkson and May and what's-his-face. Well, Mitch, just, just they, a lot of the things that happen aren't um, journalistic. They're entertainment. Yeah, right? well, it's, they it's, are, it's a scripted program. Yeah, it, it's a very scripted program. And then occasionally, the funnier parts are usually the non-scripted parts, from what I understand. And, and even when they did, like, reviews, and I'm using air quotes here, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the, the formula was either, like, we love it, and then we hate it, but we, but love, we it. love it. Or it was, we, we hate, hate it, it, but we, we love, love it, it, but we hate it. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And, and that's also very formulaic. Uh, so let me ask you, why were you of two minds? Um, this is the one where they took, uh, and you can tell it's basically geared toward Americans, because, of course, uh, Hammond drove an SSR, which is a Amer- very American Very car. American. Um, uh, Clarkson drove, I don't know what that thing was. It was, it was a fake Mercedes that was based on a Nissan platform. And um, May had a Crosley. Yeah, but we've had the Excalibur, which is very similar. That's what I thought it was when I first saw it. it But it's like a longer one with a Japanese powertrain. Yeah. Um, Super, super long and uh, apparently fairly reliable because he never broke down. Yeah, and and then of course uh, May had a Crosley. Crosley? Crosley. Crosley, yeah, yeah, which is very much an American car as well. It's an old American appliance car. And if they were going for an American audience, they certainly didn't pick a car that anybody would remember. Well, I think, and that was part of the thing of having all three of these things, is they wanted something just weird, just unusual stuff that looked weird on camera, and they wanted to torture May, because I've actually driven cars like that before. There was one for sale at an auction I was at about a year ago. Was it a wagon (laughs) version? Because the wagon versions were really popular. (laughs) They're just so ugly. Oh, they're terrible. Um, But they're they're terrible for a reason. They were built to be super cheap, Essentially, the modern electric car, super cheap, gets you from point A to point B with very little usage of materials. Okay. So, so they, they were driving from Poland, basically, mm-hmm. down to Slovenia? Slovenia was their final destination, Station, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And so what didn't you like about it? Uh, or what did you like about it? Which, tell there, me both. Every ga- the gags are funny, but every gag felt a lot less real than in the past. Like, for instance, the Vietnam special. Remember that? Oh my Which god! Was one those, of my favorites. Yeah, those those old Top Gear ones. They were the Bolivia re- special. They kind of felt real when they were yeah. doing gags to each other, or at least they didn't feel as like, oh, okay, yeah, all right. That's that's another gag. Putting the, I don't want to give it away because some of you guys haven't seen. Are you saying they the felt forced? A little forced. Forced, yeah. Yeah, it kind of felt like none of them really wanted to be there, and they just kind of wanted to get this one done. It's like, okay, we just want to get this one done and get it out of there. But the other side of it was. 
there was so much potential to do so much more. Hmm. So you, that you missed what could have been as opposed to what was. Right, and I think that all started going downhill with the previous special, which really only had one non-rehearsed thing, and that was the accident that May got into with the uh, Scandinavian flick. Yeah. Um, that one... In the cave. Yeah, the yeah. cave thing. They did not want him to crash. He did not want him to crash. And uh, that one, other than that, that whole thing was really, really staged. But if you go back to some of the other episodes, they felt so much more lively and a little bit more improvised. And these guys are funny on their own. All three of them, well, two and a half of them, are, are funny and engaging and really clever. And I've been in this industry for many, 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 in Clarkson's case, many, 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 many years. And that's what kind of gives them the flavor of interest and, and you know whatnot. And by scripting them and being a little overbearing, it just didn't feel as entertaining as before. But I still enjoyed it. You know, I enjoy. I ate my dinner, watched it, pissed off my wife because she's like, well, they, they're, they're still the gold it. standard. They really are, yeah, and yeah. we do. And hey, we fully admit this. We watch a lot of their stuff and their old stuff, and we're like, oh, we get inspired by look, some of it. Look, you can look at all the different things they've done, and now they're on YouTube, and it all goes back to Top Gear, right? Yeah. Look at like, remember when Clarkson took a machine gun and just blew the hell out of a Prius, right? Yeah, that's whistling diesel. I mean, that that is whistling diesel. Oh yeah, without right? a doubt. He, he just took it to the next level, but mm-hmm. that started there. Yep. And you remember like all the travel specials, right? That's Car mm-hmm. Trek with Hoovy and oh yeah, uh, and we know what we do with with our travel specials. Yep. Um, and, and everything that that they did. And still, well, in the original Top Gear, do all those segments have now become a mainstay for tons of YouTube channels. And yes. that, that's all they do. Yeah, one of the things I'm or, proud about... With, like, like Hoobie does, right? I bought the cheapest. Mm-hmm. They, they did that too. Remember they used to go buy these like... Oh, cra- Porsches or, or yeah, German cars. cars. They all <laughs> shot the same at BMW. Remember they bought like three really bad Italian supercars. Which I absolutely love that one. That's one of my favorite ones. I was that, with the that's, Ferrari that's Dino. What, that's basically Hoobie in, in a nutshell. Yeah. Or the ones where they bought them and then they took a black light to see, right? Yeah, Obviously, yeah. Hoobie takes it to the car wizard, but it's the same concept. Yeah, it is. It is. And, and you know, they did inspire a lot. And by they, it isn't just Wilman and some of the other producers. These guys actually had a hand, all three of them had a hand in some of the stuff that they produced as well. So a little bit of credit to the hosts, right? But nonetheless, regardless of all that, I will say that uh, I'm really proud of TFL because we managed to cover everything. We do reviews, we do action videos, we do motorcycles, and we do travel videos. We do. We try to do it all. And yeah, we have some scripted stuff, which is usually really bad. <laughs> I'm still getting crap about our, the crap truck. Um, and we, you know, all these things we try to do to be entertaining and informative. Yes, Top Gear and Grand Tour definitely were in, you know, inspirational to us. But at the same time, we're better looking. There it is. Oh, hell yeah. And fatter. Oh, hell yeah. And fatter. Well, I... Except yeah. for Clarkson. There was that joke in the... <laughs> you got stuck in the... Yeah. But, but see, we, we compensate for that because we've got Tommy, we've got Alex, we've got, and we've, we've got, got Case. Some, we've got some good-looking young men. we got some men. skinny, good-looking dudes. <laughs> yeah. So Not fat us. bastards like us, yeah. and to a lesser extent, uh, Andre. Andre, yeah. Yeah, yeah, we're compensated. That's the difference. And then you think of, you think of like... Uh, like Tavares, what he does where he takes a car and they turns it into something else. Which I kind of dig. T- Top Gear did that same yeah, thing, right? Yeah, of course right? When they bought the car and then they took it to the Top Gear garage. And well, I they... love, there's a minivan one where they wanted to make a minivan Yeah, exactly. Faster. I love that episode. Yeah. Yeah, that was a really, many, and, and that's, I do recommend going back into the past. Some of the past Top Gear episodes with the old original crew, 
really good stuff. I so, do recommend so it. I, by, by saying that, I'm not trying to diminish these other YouTube channels. I hope you're not taking it that way because we do the same thing. Yeah, as I, I just, said, I, we're inspired by them. I just think we're all, we've all been in one way or another inspired by Top Gear, uh, and they're kind of the fountainhead as to what is the gold standard for uh, what is really car entertainment. Yeah, and then some people, like us, but others, and you know, try to take it a step further and be and, journalists. And, and, and now I'm going to take it the other way. Okay, <laughs> that's what I do. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 the reason I love Top Gear and now Grand Tour so much is because our airways are just full of this old car series, right? It's, oh. oh, just stop it with that already, right? Where they find some car and it's usually a muscle car and they bring it into the garage and then oh, the mechanics man. have some kind of you know BS like, oh, and then there's this time pressure that, that's fake. Right. All of all oh, of it. Yeah. And then it's I just mean, it's just it's just regurgitated over and over and over. It's it's Texas this and you know the, you know you know it's just come be original. Come up with something new and I will watch it nonstop. Yeah, I oh, I hate I, those shows. I I used to really like them. I mean, going back to the Monster Garage right, days. And there's a guy with all the tattoos and the beard, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, look at me. And I got a special bandana. <laughs> Who's the painter special? <laughs> and then and of course they have to call him the guy who does the flames, and and they have to show how hard that is, right? It just feels it's been done and because I'm not it's, it's been not done. Hard. Yeah, when I'm not trying to say it's not hard either, but it's been done over and over and over and over. I can't you know, watch but that. But there is a series out there uh, that was had a limited run. Probably because he got hurt. Jeremy Renner, yeah, did that series. I saw that. Yeah, I forgot the name of it. Yeah, where he, but, w yeah, where he went and bought, fixed up things, and did it for charity or yeah, good causes. But, but but it's really kind of a cool idea, and it's a little bit different. They still kind of put the little extra drama in there. They have to. Yeah. But I do like the idea behind it, and then they throw in a. Sh a ton, sorry, I almost said that, uh, of celebrities in there to, to do visual Spice interest. Up, yeah. yeah, but it's on Disney. And uh, I really like it. I like the idea of it because at least they're doing something for a cause. And, you know, with, with a guy who's got some real gravity in terms of being a celebrity. So, that, yeah, keep doing more stuff like that. But if I see another, uh, you know. Model can, turned mechanic. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's another cliche. Yeah, oh God, it is, isn't it? <laughs> I used uh, to be a model, but now I wrench. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's some of that on both sides of the, uh, the both point, sides. Right? Yeah, yeah. Of but course. but the bottom line is that um, there there are plenty. There's so many of the same show out there, and then occasionally there's some interesting stuff. I'll give the Roadkill guys some due. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. that's original. That's different. Road, I mean, they Road were Kill. still inspired. I say by Top Gear. Yeah, but still they take it a step further. Fred, Fred from Dirt Every Day. Yeah, Fred is really good. Um, and and some of these guys are deserve the good credit that they have, and we could go on all day, but that would be a separate episode, and we still haven't gone into... Well, Roadkill also did a lot of very... And Top Gear does this, too. A lot of stuff that's pretty dangerous. Yeah, yeah. and that's something that, unfortunately, we can't... We, we get on, we're get we on the cusp sometimes of being a little too dangerous, but we try to hold back. Because well, our wives, if we didn't kill... If we killed ourselves, our, our wives, wives would kill, kill everybody else in the room. <laughs> yeah, I've, got, I've been threatened, you've been threatened, and like Andre's that's, been threatened. That's basically why Top Gear stopped production, because... Uh, they rolled a, uh, what was a, it? a, a yeah, it was the what the rugby player dude, right? Yeah, he rolled the um, the the three wheeled car. Oh yeah, a Morgan, right? Or yeah, yeah. He, rolled, he rolled a Morgan the, with the, I think with the videographer, and they both got very badly hurt. Yeah, I and, was watching that stuff where they were doing that. I don't know if it's a Thunderdome, right? Where they were taking. Oh yeah, car. and they do like basically up on the wall. Yeah, right? I thought that was. That you know what crazy to do that as well. Uh, very entertaining, but those guys or the one where they went, where they bungee the jeep. No, they bungee the car down the dam. Yeah, that was a rugby player as well. Yeah, that it was takes a lot of. Yeah, and I could see like I could see like people. I, being it's like, it's. Ugh. 
And, and it, you know, it's up to you guys whether or not you want to watch this type of stuff. And actually, this last Grand Tour where they had the archers taking shots. That doesn't make any sense to me. That, that scene was weird. It was weird. I agree. It was kind of out of left field, but also very dangerous. Extremely dangerous. Look, I, I actually used to do a lot of archery. I was even competitive. Yeah. Uh, and I have compound bows and what have you. And I can tell you that it doesn't take much force to actually penetrate glass. No, no. And it doesn't take much force at all to penetrate flesh. You don't need a sharp tip. And even with a blunt one, you can go through glass. Well, they showed with Nigel, you know, and even though that may have been staged, I think it was. But, but it that's was, what would happen. Yeah. So it doesn't make a lot of sense to me that that thing happened the way it happened. Uh, I'm sorry, but I'm not going to trust some guy on horseback to shoot at me and hopefully hit a target. Well, I mean, and I, I give them props because they certainly don't need, need to do that kind of dangerous stunt. Uh, because I think they did it. it. There were no stunt drivers, right? Uh, yeah, but I, 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 it was, looked pretty so, real. So we won't spill it, give it away, but what they did was basically they put targets on their cars, and I guess in Hungary they have the world's most accomplished uh, bowmen, yeah. and then they uh, ran this off-road course, and the bowmen galloped next to him on a horse, and they took shots trying to hit the target, and then, of course, the car that had the least amount of arrows in it or in the targets won. won. But to me, you know, the horse stumbles, and next thing you know, it's going through the window, or the horse doesn't stumble and you go through the target and into a fuel line. Or the Hungarian doesn't like Top Gear or Grand <laughs> yes, Tour and wants to finish like, off the yeah. crew. Whoops, sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's, that's not, you know, just think of, yeah, it, it's, it, watch it. I, I do recommend watching it just because it's entertaining, but at the same time I want to get your guys' opinion of that particular scene. That was one of the ones that left my, you know, I was like scratching my head going, really? Did they do that? Um, we should I, really... I, yeah, and then there's this like one-upsmanship thing that happens, right? Yeah. When you do something like that dangerous, then the next one, if you want to entertain people, you got to go Oh, guys bigger. with 50 calibers you know, are going to be shooting at the car. Uh, all right, all right, let's go to this list. We've spent now, uh, gosh, 40 minutes talking about this stuff. That's but, okay. We could get through this list uh, in about all right, 10. All right, so let, let's start with uh, number one. Uh, uh, Consumer so, can I remind everybody what we're doing the list? Yes, yeah, so I'll give you the name of the Jalopnik uh, 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 story again. Popular Cars Consumer Reports recommends you skip in favor of something better. So uh, number one uh, is the Ford Explorer. Uh, and Jalopnik uh, says, as popular as the Ford Explorer is, Consumer Reports found it to be pretty disappointing compared to other three-row SUVs. Its reliability also leaves a lot to be desired. Mm. And they recommend instead buy a Kia Telluride. What do you say to that, Nathan? I say the Kia, the Kia Telluride is a very good choice. However, a lot of you guys have pointed out that there have been some recalls on Telluride's as well, so there has been some issues with that. I think that the Ford actually is a much faster vehicle. Um, however, if you want better, there's a brand new CX-90 built by Mazda. Yeah, and it's so it overlooked, is, I agree. It is so overlooked. great, and I'm talking the base model, not even the hybrid, which you can get. It is a really good and comfortable one. It's actually going to come back on this list, I think, again. But even the Honda Pilot or even the Nissan Pathfinder, those are really good alternatives. Yes, I said Nissan Pathfinder because there's a new transmission, which is so much better. So I, 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 I'm not going to say avoid the Explorer, but mm -hmm. in my mind, the Explorer feels a little bit dated compared to some of these other cars, right? It feels heavy. It feels kind of uh, old Ford in some ways, whereas like a Telluride, or the Mazda just feels much more luxurious, mm -hmm. nicer use of materials, better design, uh, and it just feels kind of more in tune with the current uh, times as opposed to the Ford, which kind of looks backwards as opposed to forward. Mm. But the Ford is rear drive bias, which I do like, and it's faster. It is, it's a fast Ford's vehicle. like more trucky truck. Well. It's not a truck, but, oh, oh. 
um, you know, we were, I was just, I just came back. I got to give the uh, uh, Straight Pipes credit for this. Yeah. So um, just the, the, the reviews and the videos are embargoed, but Andre and I, as you know, we're just at the Silverado EV. Mm-hmm. And we were trying to figure out, like, what the, is it body on frame? Is it... Uh, uh, unibody, you know, mm-hmm. is it a skateboard? Yeah. Uh, and, and we really couldn't figure it out. So the straight pipe guys had a really funny uh, comment, and they said it's uh, unibody on frame. <laughs> that's, that was Jacob. That's good one, good. Jacob. Yeah, I, I do that. Yeah, I appreciate that. Actually, unibody, because it doesn't have right the Silverado EV doesn't have that cut line no. behind the cab. Yeah. <laughs> so it's yeah, that's okay. That's actually pretty good. Yeah, I think it's really good. All right, should we go number two? Yeah. All right, so number two um, is uh, the Hyundai Elantra. Uh, they say to avoid. If you buy a new Elantra, you'll probably enjoy it. Uh, we don't blame you. The problem is that the Elantra has. Below average reliability, there we are reliability again, mm-hmm. uh, and could come back to bite you in a few years. What do you say to that, Nathan? Because um, Consumer Report says buy a Toyota Corolla Hybrid instead. Um, okay, so remember I was mentioning Mazda? Yeah. You can easily go to a Mazda 3 and be perfectly happy with that with a nicer interior, a more comfortable ride, and potential turbocharged power uh, and all-wheel drive. Um, the, the Hyundai Elantra is great if you get the N. It is amazing. Uh, the Toyota Corolla is amazing if you get what's happening right outside our studio right now, the GR. Mm. Yeah. But actually, I have an issue with the Toyota Corolla. I just can't stand the back seats of any Toyota Corolla right now. Mm. I just, they're, they're, they're really uncomfortable. Um, so, yeah, I, I, my choice of the Mazda is better than theirs. There it is. All right. Uh, next on our list, number three, uh, is uh, the RAV4. This is an interesting one because mm. uh, the RAV4 is a pretty solid st- seller. So they Jalop- sold like 320,000 of them last year. Yeah, Jalopnik writes, uh, the Toyota RAV4 isn't a terrible choice. It's just that the interior engine refinement and ride quality could be better. Mm. Uh, instead, you should buy a Subaru Forester. Now, what do you say to that, Nathan? I say that... Buy the to- Toyota <laughs> RAV4. That's what Tommy I say. Recently, <laughs> Tommy recently did a video with a uh, Subaru Forester. Yeah, the people brought it to us. Yeah, yeah. and it did remarkably well on yeah, the rollers. Test, yeah. yeah, it was one of the best in class, and it did really well on the off-road course. Uh, there's a lot to it that's great. I don't like the fact that there's a lack of powertrain choices, whereas in, with the Toyota, there's tons of powertrain choices. Or you can get yourself a Mazda CX-50. <laughs> I know, I told you there'd be tons of Mazdas. But the Mazda CX-50 is so damn good, and it's completely overlooked. Um, but no, they, the Toyota RAV4, well, I would... Before we get to the Miata. <laughs> I know. Uh, the Toyota RAV4 is, I think, a better choice over the Subaru because you have more choices. And you, I mean, different hybrid powertrains, four-cylinder... Um, there's more to it, and that's what I like. Uh, only getting a couple choices with the Subaru is the negative. However, in terms of capability with all-wheel drive, Subaru is definitely up So, there. so I, I can't say anything about the Subaru Forester because, of course, Subaru doesn't uh, loan us cars because we didn't take the wallet full of ca- Oh, never mind. <laughs> we're kidding. We're kidding. <laughs> we're kidding. We're kidding. We're kidding. But they don't give us cars, as you know, if you've been looking at TFL. Mm-hmm. But I would definitely get a RAV4 over a Subaru Forester, not because, you know, the relationship with Subaru. I just think the RAV4... 
and I think you said 350. I think they sell like 450,000 cars. I think the RAV4. In North America, yes, yeah, maybe, but yeah, 350 just, in America. Just, just, just nails it. Nails it, dude. I mean, that car is in the sweet spot of the midsize crossover, right? Mm -hmm. And whether you want something that's more outdoorsy, an they adventure, or whether you want something that's more fuel efficient, they the Prime, yep. right? Or whether you just want something that's going to get you to work and back. Um, Regular hybrid. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I think that one, in terms of design, in terms of build quality, in terms of everything, is just right on the money. Yeah. Once again, I'm not disagreeing with their choice. I'm just merely saying that there are other choices out there. And I still think that, yeah, I agree with you. That, and I like more, I like choices. So the RAV4 gives you more choices. Okay, what about the next one? The next one's interesting, and I have a counter to that as well. All right. So um, this is a minivan, mm -hmm. um, the Chrysler Pacifica, which is, of course, uh, the daddy of all minivans because Chrysler invented it. Yeah. Um, Jalopnik writes, the Chrysler Pacifica is a great family hauler that's let, that's, that's let, that's let down by a lack of refinement mm. that other minivan, minivans also offer. It also proves less reliable than its competition. There is reliability again. They said instead get the Kia Carnival, uh, what would you get? The Kia Carnival is a wonderful choice. It is. But I think they're it, both good choices. But the Kia Carnival only gives you one powertrain choice. And once again, this goes back to additional choices. The thing about the Chrysler Pacifica is that you can get a plug-in hybrid. hybrid. They were one of the first to have it out there, and it's quite good. Stow-and-go. Mm -hmm. Stow-and-go seating is available with all-wheel drive or front-wheel drive, something that nobody else is really doing. So those are great. But both of those choices are wrong. You know why, Roman? Because you want to promote and pick. I'm, I've got a choice of two, right? It could mm. be the Honda or it could nope. be, nope, so it's a Toyota. Yep, the Toyota Sienna. Sienna. Okay. Uh, it's just such a great compromise because it gets stupid good mileage. And then you can get all-wheel drive, which is the electrically assisted all-wheel drive, which has been improved and works wonderfully well. It's not a perfect vehicle. I think the Carnival has a nicer interior and a nicer ride, but the Sienna gives you excellent mileage for what it is. And then in addition, it is, it's a freaking Toyota, it's look, built like a Volt. Look, I think that's just a bad category because I'm gonna take an interesting tact here and say mm. that all four of those minivans are great. All right, there, I don't think there's a bad one among them. Yeah, mm, um, uh, okay. If, if you if you want the convenience in Stow and Go, and you want a hybrid, go for the Pacifica. If you want the reliability of Toyota, go for that. If you love Hondas, you know, very intuitive and uh, good I think handling. Good handling. Yeah. Go for that. Uh, and if you want something that you know pretends not to be a minivan but is, <laughs> go with, for with some pretty interesting features. Go, then, go then for the, the Carnival. Carnival. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and then I'm not trying to be. I'm not trying to knock it for that. It's a great minivan as well. All right, number five. This is an interesting one. Mm -hmm. All right, so number five, uh, avoid the Tacoma, the most popular midsize truck in the land. Uh, Jalapnik writes, people love the Toyota Tacoma because it's reliable, but the ride, handling, and engine leave a lot to be desired. I would agree. The upcoming redesigned Tacoma show you better, but for now, uh, you can find more compelling trucks, and the truck they find more compelling is the Honda Ridgeline. Now, you know Andre mm. and I just went to the uh, Tacoma unveiling. Yeah. Uh, and and um, we didn't drive it, so I can't talk to the yeah. drive. But there were some significant, and there are some significant issues with the current Toyota Tacoma, and that is uh, the engine and the manual transmission are a good choice, but the engine and the automatic transmission are like bickering husband and wife. They just do not get along. That, and then I would argue the interior setup, especially for taller people, is terribly uncomfortable. I, I, it's one of the sure. few vehicles where I was really uncomfortable on tall a long floor, trip. Tall floor, low roof. Yeah, it's it's but but that has been um, remedied with the new model, which has an all new uh, body, and I sat in it, and it was much 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 better. However, their choice 
is, yes, the Honda Ridgeline. And the Honda Ridgeline, arguably, for people who aren't into pickup trucks, is the perfect pickup truck. Yeah, sure. I agree. Okay. Yeah. Um, similar to my little uh, Santa Cruz, it is a utilitarian vehicle that has a bed. You guys hate it when we call it a pickup truck. Um, but it can tow 5,000 pounds. It can haul more than many of the vehicles in its class. But most importantly... It's the most SUV-like of the of Yes, the so it's very comfortable, very easy to drive. And I will give it a ton of credit for that. However, I disagree on both choices. What would you get? Nissan Frontier. There's only one flaw with the Nissan Frontier. I think it's a fantastic little truck. Uh, it's thirsty, which it is. It's a little thirsty, yeah. Uh, until the net new Toyota comes out, um, I, I, I like the Nissan Frontier because it's relatively inexpensive and it gives you a lot for the money. The only issue I have is that the steering wheel doesn't telescope, mm. which makes it a little bit compromised, but it's comfortable. Look, I think it's comfortable. The, the problem with the Frontier, Nathan, is that Nissan when they introduced it two years ago now, right, mm -hmm. basically built a truck that was competing directly with the competition. Mm -hmm. But now with the new Colorado, the new Tacoma, and yep. the new Ranger, once again, it feels old. I agree. That's However, the only reason I chose it is because on this list, they specifically went from one V6, the Toyota Tacoma, to the other V6, the Honda Ridgeline. And then the only other V6 that's about to currently exist is the Nissan. So I figured if you wanted a V6 truck, go to the Nissan Frontier. All right, let's go to the next one. Um, this is the, um, I probably agree with this one for the most part. All right, mm, so um, yeah. they say avoid the uh, Volkswagen ID4. The Volkswagen ID4, Jalopnik writes, probably won't make you hate it, but its range is only adequate. The infotainment system is buggy mm. and reliability is below average. Instead, get the Kia EV6. I'd agree with that. I would agree with that, or but I Hyundai. would go a step further because I like the Hyundai Ioniq 5. Ioniq 5, yeah. It's more comfortable. The EV6 has this issue where it's got a really low... Uh, uh, kind of it's like a sports line. car, yeah. yeah. And so, so the top of the A pillar is too low for me. If you're mm -hmm. tall and you look into it, that's a me problem. Yep. Uh, but otherwise, you won't go wrong with either the e, uh, Kia EV6 or the Model Y at that point, right? Yeah, they're surprisingly male. Yeah, I would say the Model Y as well, but I would go for the. Uh, personally speaking, the Ioniq 5 would be my first choice amongst almost everything that's out there. All right, next one, number seven. Avoid the Mercedes-Benz C-Class if you have. If you have to have a Mercedes-Benz in the C-Class, it's probably the only compact luxury sedan you'll consider, says Jalopnik. But Consumer Reports didn't like its stiff ride, uh, confusing controls, and below mm. average, once again, predicted reliability. Instead, you should buy the Lexus ES Hybrid. I disagree. Yeah, if you're going to go for reliability, maybe that's the case. But uh, I, there's a better choice out there. What, what's your better choice? The Genesis G70. Yeah, I'm with you By on that far. One. By far, yeah. yeah. Just, once again, next level. Next level, solid car, great ride, compromised backseat, but otherwise damn well near perfect. And it won a lot of awards for a damn good reason. It deserved every single one of them. Yeah. Good uh, car. I think the Lexus ES Hybrid... Uh, is a it's, good, it's good. It's a good, solid car, but it doesn't like you know wow you in any way. Whereas it does, yeah, the, it doesn't move the needle. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Where the Genesis, you're like from the design to the interior and the performance. performance yeah, everything is just like wow. Even the four cylinder. Where did this come from? The, the base model turbo is great. It moves you, and the V6 really, really hauls. Uh, and the other thing about the um, if you're gonna get, if you get the, the hybrid version, it's just not very much fun to drive. And at the end of the day, the Mercedes is fun to drive. So I would say, yeah, I, I, I don't agree with that one. All right. Next on our list uh, is number eight, mm -hmm. uh, the Volvo XC90, which is... Oh, no, 60. 
XC60, sorry, the mid-size crossover, yeah. not the big one. Uh, and Jalopnik writes, when you first climb into the Volvo XC60, you'll probably be impressed with the cabin yeah. as you are with the exterior styling, but it's going to be hard to justify buying it after you turn in and realize the driving experience doesn't live up to the XC60's mm-hmm. good looks. They say instead buy the Lexus NX Hybrid. Oh, God, no. No, I do not like the NX. Not that, uh, once again, this is a tall guy problem, but the NX Hybrid is way too small for me. Yeah, I, I just fit in it. Yeah, um, way and, too small. And I'm shorter than you. Um, and, and there's a couple other things. But the NX, I think, is actually a fun vehicle to drive, especially if you don't get the hybrid. You get the 350, I think it is, with the, the beefy turbo. Fun. But it doesn't compete. And I'm going to mention another vehicle that comes from Genesis, the GV70. Hmm. It's the same price or cheaper, and it's better. It's well, better. Well, here's the conundrum, Nathan. Uh, I'm really not a big fan of buying entry-level premium cars versus buying the equivalent in like an everyday car. Yeah, I think when you get into those entry-level premium cars like the NX, uh, you know, the the BMW uh, X two one, one. Yeah. yeah, one. Yeah, you know, all the small uh, mm. premium cars, I think you're not getting the premium and you're getting a lot of price and you're better off to just buy the next size up in a regular version of that, right? Well, that, then you're saying the RX would be a better choice than the NX? For sure. Yeah, I, I, but, I would but, agree with no, the RX no, being a better, I'm better choice. I'm saying get the Toyota RAV4. <laughs> <laughs> Go back to the RAV4. Prime instead of either of those. Um, I, yes, normally I would agree with you. However, the Lexus NX does fit a certain audience and I can tell you exactly who. Andre's sister, and I'm not trying to be rude, Andre, sorry, bro, but, uh, and, and my sister, uh, both are professionals yes. who work with people, clientele, who do value you pulling up in a nice vehicle. If you pull up in a Lexus or the equivalent, as opposed to, say, a Toyota, it matters for certain types of cachet, right? Yeah. And it makes them feel a little bit I, more I'm special. Andre's sister is a realtor in New York. Yeah, a pretty high-end one, too. Yeah, so, so I, I see what you're saying there. Yeah. But, but, that, I, but that's the only reason I would choose the NX. But but in yeah, it makes sense. But in New York, uh, a Lexus NX is not going to impress anybody. I think it will. You better I mean, roll I up in the L- you. you better roll up in the LS or an LX, right? If you roll up in those two, I, I think even an RX would, would be pretty good. I mean, look, it's it's a brand recognition. Just wearing a Gucci, it's the equivalent. But at the end of the day. The GV70 is a better vehicle than both of those. All sorry, right. but it is. And we're going to go into trucks here as the last one. Yeah, why, sorry. Why yeah, not? Because uh, it's on the list. That's yeah, why. yeah, it's on the list. Um, so um, this is interesting. Consumer Reports says avoid the F-150 Ford, of course. There's no denying, Jalopnik writes, that the Ford F-150 is popular. Mm. But Consumer Reports found that the ride handling and reliability don't measure up against some of the competition. So instead, they say get the Ram 1500. Oh, my God. This is such a perilous <laughs> Perilous. We are on a precipice of a painful, <laughs> painful moment here. Yes, cliff that we're on, on right now because uh, obviously, you know, the Silverado, which should also be on that list, and yeah. the Titan. <laughs> well, yeah, actually, I'm going to mention the Titan. <laughs> All right. I, I could you not. All right. Let's just leap off the cliff, close yeah. our eyes, and hope that we land on uh, in the water as opposed to get shattered so, on real some quickly, rocks. The Ram 1500 actually has two fairly reliable powertrains. The Hemi and even the Pentastar are considered, in its class, and you guys can look this up, you can argue with us, but just look it up before you argue, both of those engines are actually considered very reliable. And they're hooked up to an eight-speed automatic transmission that's also pretty reliable. It's, it's, it's been, you know, va- uh, loved for its reliability. But on the other side of it, Ford gives you choice. Choice, 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 choice. And, Everything and from electrification to big, burly V8. And not to forget 
the tundra, of course, right? So tundra, new, brand new, brand new, you know, yeah, hybrid, like, brand new, mm. factory fresh, right? Uh, Andre and I were just up in the high country and yeah. go to all TFL. We call it the new 2024 Ford F-150 test. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, brand new. Yeah. Uh, you know, I was just over with uh, Chevy. The Silverado is coming out. Uh, the EV version, brand new. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ram, not so new, dude. No, Ram not is super, so new. super long in the tooth. Yes. And yes, there's going to be the Ram, Revol- whatever they're calling it now. But that's two years away. Yeah, and, and it's sort of at least visually underwhelming. Um, but I, I wouldn't choose either if you're in value-minded and wanted something that actually is pretty damn reliable and a good truck. You can go with the Titan. Yeah, it's a good truck, <laughs> Roman. I know they're going to go away soon. You are a Nissan slash Mazda fanboy. I was going to say you're going to oh. go with the Miata, but <laughs> I <laughs> have a problem Get towing. a Miata instead of a truck. Um, no, the, the, I like the Nissan because you get a lot for the money, and I really like that 5.6 liter V8. I really, truly do, and I think it's a fantastic engine. Look, I think you, you're picking all the underdogs here. I pick on underdogs because I find that people don't like them, not necessarily because they're not reliable, but because they're just not popular for one reason or another. And Nissan has no right to be popular because they don't give you any choice. Ford gives you choice. Ram, eh, not so much. And Ram is an interesting choice, a counter choice, but I counter the counter choices what I'm doing. Yeah, you're picking the underdogs, like I said. Uh, In some cases. Look, uh, I don't want to. I don't want to jump off this cliff, Nathan. Uh, it's so brand specific. But well, I, that's I, the thing is that with pickup trucks, and we're not covering pickup trucks in this normally. Um, pickup trucks are kind of like religion, politics, and te- favorite teams. Everybody really, truly bonds with a truck, a brand, a you know. They really do, and rarely will they cross over to another one. Conquest. Let, 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 let me put it this way. Uh, like like I said before, we try to be agnostic here and we try to give you choice. So mm-hmm. we've owned, uh, in the last year, uh, a Tundra. Mm-hmm. We've owned a Silverado, mm-hmm. GR2, and now we own a Ram Raptor R. Right? It's not a Ram Raptor R. Oh, sorry, a Ford, a Ford Raptor you R. You haven't taken your Jarrett till today, yeah, have yeah, you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just did a live show with Tommy that went like an hour and a half, so yeah, excuse <laughs> me, I've been talking for a long time, probably yeah. too much, uh, my wife would say for sure. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but the, yeah, the, we, so, we so, have so, a Raptor R. So, so we've got, you know... And we used to have a TRX. We used to have a TRX. Uh, and we also have a 2500 uh, Ram, Ram yep. Cummins. And we yep. had a 1500, yeah. a little Ram baby. Yeah. So, so you know, we try to kind of uh, spread the love to, to all the different brands. And we had a long-term Titan, if you remember the yellow one. Yeah, it was like eight months or something like that. And that was, that was a second-generation Titan with the seven-speed, and, and it wasn't bad. It, I, the, the transmissions w- let it down, and they fixed that since then. And I'm going to take kind of a cop-out here again. Mm-hmm. Uh, because the mid-size, no, sorry, full-size truck segment half-ton is so competitive, there's not a bad one in the bunch. No, I would agree that there's something for everybody. Yeah. Even the Toyota, I, I, I've taken some real issue with the design, exterior design of the Tundra. I can't get past it. There are little things like, I know I mentioned tow hooks and stuff like that, but I'm not. we're not going to spend all day on this. But... Twin turbocharged V6, yes, you can get one of those on a Ford. And also twin turbocharged V6 hooked up to a hybrid powertrain, yes, you can get that on a Ford as well. Thing is about Ford is that they're giving you all these other choices. The only thing they don't have anymore is a diesel, uh, which Chevy still does. Don't know if Ram is still doing their diesel or not, their V6 diesel. No, no, the Eco diesel is gone. It. Yeah, yeah, it's gone. Um, so uh, once again, going back to choice, Ford still gives you an awful lot of it. General Motors gives you a lot of it, um, but 
and once again, I'm only throwing Nissan into the mix because I think it's a really good truck that people overlook. Regardless, um, there's no there's no real bad full size pickup truck. They're super competitive, and they sell the most in America over anything else that we've mentioned. Over anything you can imagine, big pickup trucks sell here. Yes, they do. Yeah, yeah, they do. And um, you know, the times are a changing, Nathan. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like I said, we're in the middle of this transition from. Uh, internal combustion to electric, and we can argue about that, but we don't want to. That's a whole, nah, that's a whole, a whole other kettle of fish. Uh, but but there is no doubt that uh, Ford is, you know, and Chevy are at the leading edge of that transition, uh, and Ram is following. And so, in some regards, is Nissan, um, Tundra, mm-hmm. kind of with the hybrid, kind of in the middle. Uh, but it really depends what you value. Do you value the uh, new school? you know, powertrain options, or are you an old, like, gosh darn it, V8 Hemi or nothing? And, and that's great, because both are great. Yeah, and they still exist. Um, and yeah. we've looked at the sales numbers. Andre looks at them every day. In fact, he showers and looks at his phone at the same time, <laughs> looking at sales number. What are selling, what aren't? And he tries to get the inside poop. And essentially, you guys still favor V8 big time. So... When you're looking at it that way, there are a lot of car companies or truck companies that are no longer selling V8s. Do you think Ford will have a Coyote 5 liter in the next generation? I bet you they still will. They're going to keep it because yeah. they keep selling it. Yeah. I mean, and, and they can make it more efficient, and they have been improving it. And General Motors recently uh, submitted that they are committed to the next generation uh, large displacement V8s for the future. So at least for the next, I would say, decade, I think V8s are safe in many pickup trucks, but not all. And, and Nathan, there can be no doubt that for all of these, Miata is the answer. Miata is almost always the answer. <laughs> the answer. Yes, yes. <laughs> Unless Miata. you're tall, which, yeah. is, which is not the answer. Well, guys, thank you for tuning in and listening to another podcast. Uh, if you're watching this on YouTube, let us know in the comments uh, You know what you think of uh, these v- different vehicles. Yeah, what which, would you choose as opposed yeah. to what we mentioned? And we re- read our comments. Uh, uh, if you're, you know, if you're listening to it as a podcast, head on over to altfl.com and you can see all of our news, views, and reviews. Uh, and we'll see you next time. Have a great week, guys. Ciao. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.